I mean, that that's probably a part of what's going to end up being the what happens after ever after too, the iPhone. Because wow. it's going because <laughs> you know the uh, video taking capabilities have really improved over the years. Oh, for their for their videos, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also having to reteach Lucy how to use an iPhone—it's probably really fucking annoying. Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What up? Watch Robcoms and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing today? Well, I could say that uh, pleasure is a different, different word choice than I would use today. Well, I mean, it's for the tens and tens of listeners listening pleasure. Like not our, the watching, not the watching pleasure. Not necessarily the watching pleasure. Wow, we're just letting everyone we're just, know where we're, we're, just, we're going right into it. Um, I'm good. We're recording on a Friday for once. Uh, actually, actually, right. not for once. We've done a couple Fridays recently. Yeah, we, yeah recently. Yeah. Um, um, especially because it. it's football season. Football. Um, yeah. Also known as postseason baseball season, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm good. Speaking I'm... of football, like say the Minnesota Vikings, oh, we watched Fifty First Dates. That's that, a really tough. That's one. a that's stretch. A it's you know what I put in as much effort as this movie. Uh, you might have put in a little more actually. <laughs> No, this movie put in a lot of effort, but it was, but it was as much, it was as quality as this movie. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we watched Fifty First Dates. Uh, it was Max's choice. Uh, I think we both have seen it once. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw it in theaters with my mom. I remember seeing it in theaters, and be in like being like, eh, it was okay, <laughs> and like we'll leave yeah. it. The theater as a 15 slash 16 year old um then my mom wasn't a, a huge fan of it and um and yeah and then we just never really sought it out again after no i don't blame you it's not and and was that did you see the theaters or i know i i saw it with my high school girlfriend i think and i just i think it was on the heels of watching the notebook for the first time and I, like I just remember being so fucking heartbroken by the end of the movie. I'm just like, so that means he she doesn't remember him, and he has to keep like reminding her the rest of their lives, and they have a life together. But she doesn't. It was like that kind of bullshit, and I was just so like I never watched it again because I was like, it's probably a shitty ending, and I don't want to see it. Now I'm just like, all right. I don't know what my perspective on life was at that point, I guess, because th- th- nothing that we saw was painful. Except for the actual watching of the movie. Yeah. 
Um, that was the painful part. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's, let's get into the. Let's just let's stuff. get right into it. Yeah. Fifty First Dates is a 2004 American comedy, romantic comedy film. Is it? Is it? Uh, directed by Peter Seagal, um, or Siegel, I don't know. Starring Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, Rob Schneider, Sean Astin, Blake Clark, and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, it follows the story of Henry, a womanizing marine veterinarian who falls for an art teacher named Lucy. When he discovers she has amnesia and forgets him a day later, he resolves to win her over and over again each new day. Mm. Uh, this was written by George Wing. Uh, doesn't even have a Wikipedia page as a writer, so I don't know if he wrote any other films. Not after this. <laughs> uh, this film was released on February 13th of 2004, so it was released right around Valentine's Day. Mm. It is total total time of year everyone's thinking about Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, it is 99 minutes long. And when we got to the beginning of the credits, it was an hour and 31 in. So that is one thing I will give this film is they got in and out. I mean, it could have been longer. Yes. Well, yeah, it could have been longer. Adam Sandler movies tend to have at least a good pace going for them. They're never really boring or anything. They're just. And when I say it could have been longer, I mean, like they could have made bad choices and like trying to trying to explain more. Mm. But I think they explained just enough as far as like the mental loss thing. I still uh, like I the, need to know how the fuck she woke up for nine months straight w- with a pregnant belly. They did not explain that away, and I want to know. <laughs> well, I, he, and we can talk <laughs> about it. Uh, so, what do you think the budget for the show was? God, I hope. I hope it wasn't anything more than fucking twenty five million. Why would you ever think it was twenty five million? Is that is that too high? It's filmed in Hawaii. Oh, you know you know what Hawaii means. Hawaii means up the price, like up it, up it, up it. All I mean, right, fine, fine. Gal- they spent seventy million and they made what ten? For fuck's sake, this is awful. Like, the budget was seventy-five million. Yeah, there we go. And how much? Let's skip right to uh, how much the fuck they like, made. <laughs> like a gallon of milk in Hawaii is like I've heard it's like in the eight dollar range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is nuts. Every time I hear that, like uh, I've heard of, I've heard stories of like. People who go over, who like, there's programs about like bringing people over to teach for a year. Like these young, like twenty somethings, like live in Hawaii and teach for a year. Like no other, you know, no strings attached or anything, except for the fact that they pay you a pittance and you have to live with like four people in a one bedroom just to make it happen. But you live close to the beach and you teach, and it's just like, nah, nah, son. Um, Anyway, uh, the box office for this film. Uh, it's $198.5 million. Oh, my God. So this film made the, almost three times its budget. Uh, easily uh, $100 million more than it should have made. 
<laughs> Most of the film was shot on location in Oahu, Hawaii, on the windward side in the North Shore. Um, the uh, the the uh, memory impairment that Drew Barrymore suffers, called Goldfield Syndrome, is fictitious, um, but it's similar to short-term memory loss and anterograde amnesia. Huh. And then the film was remade in Japan and called 51st Kisses. Uh, because they kiss so many times? Yeah, well, and you know, there's nothing better than our first kiss. <laughs> there's, there's nothing better than our first kiss. <laughs> 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 I actually would I think I would have liked that title better actually cuz they're not really yeah. going on first dates so yeah like it was really right. two first dates it was the, the one real one and then the reenactment that he has to catch her up on that's two <laughs> and in Brazil it's called 51st bangs <laughs> 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 Pound time! We're creating a dance called the Penetrada. It makes sex look like child's play. Uh, that's the Simpsons joke, anyway. Um, <laughs> I just love that they called a, a forbidden dance called the Penetrada. Anyway, uh, 176 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for this film. Oh boy! It was also on Peacock. On the player a bunch. So let's see if you remember what the percentage was for this film. Oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> All right. So, which, by the way, we saw it on Peacock for free. So at least there was that. At least there was that. I could have sworn it was on Netflix, too. They must have fucking heard us talking about they it. They just, like, it was on Netflix recently. I think they just took it out of rotation. Because they have a rotation with streaming films. Because like, I, I remember that being the motivator for why I chose it, too. Where it was like, well, yeah. it's there. Let's do it. Yeah. But what is your guess for the Rotten Tomato score? 40%. Close. 45%. Oh, okay. So, not fresh. Uh, the critics' consensus is... Uh, Gross-out humor overwhelms the easy chemistry between Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, who brings some energy and yucks to this tale of a girl with short-term memory loss and the guy who tries to get her to love him. God, isn't that the truth? I mean, that's how I feel about pretty much every fucking Adam Sandler movie I've ever seen, and it only gets worse as I get older. Like, I could only stand 50% of his humor when I was a kid and I was the audience target, but now it's just like... Dude, this isn't funny. The first dick joke wasn't funny, let alone the next five, just because you've rephrased it differently. Like, how fucking old are you? You're a grown-ass man when you're making these movies. Yeah. Yeah, like, yes, I agree. Um, Simon Brond of Empire Magazine, considered a top critic, gave it four out of five and wrote... Gossamer thin, so real thin, of a movie, but lots of fun nevertheless. 
I wouldn't say yeah. lots of fun. Yeah. I there's agree. other there's but, other Adam Sandler movies out there that are a lot more fun than this. <laughs> Wally Hammond of Time Out, also considered a top critic, wrote uh, I'm not quite sure what age group this soft-centered entertainment is aimed at. And it's hard. <laughs> like they're <laughs> Well, I'll read it verbatim. Yeah. I, I kind of try to create the, or read that review to make it make sense. But here's verbatim what the review says. Quite what age group this soft-centered entertainment is aimed at is hard to divine. What the fuck? Okay, that makes sense. But when you think about it for a minute, but yeah. But you have to like, yeah, you have to like fucking. Kind of ass like, backwards like, syntax is that. Yeah. It's like when you write a sentence and in like that elementary middle school and like what's the subject of the sentence and like you have to do like the, it's like i don't want to have to do that with your goddamn review anyway. <laughs> um nick shager of lessons of darkness uh considered a top critic okay so Let's hear it. It. gave it a c minus and wrote oh we use grades this, oh for fuck's sake come on yeah and this, this dopey film has virtually nothing going for it, but it's gen, a genial stars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, Stacey, Lane, Stacey Lane Wilson of StaceyWilson.com gave it a negative review. Uh, quote, click to read review, unquote. <laughs> like what? I... I clever but you're an idiot like why no that's what rotten tomatoes put as the review click to read review oh rotten tomatoes did that yeah like <laughs> it says click to read <laughs> review <laughs> what the fuck what the fuck rotten tomatoes uh, so you know that's why with every rotten tomato score take it with a salt day amount of salt, <laughs> like not just a pinch, like a fair amount that you let slide down your for your forearm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, wow. I'll go what? ahead and give one more good and bad one. Uh, the good one is a sixty-two out of a hundred, but it's still considered good. Uh, by Joe Utichi, uh, Film Focus, who wrote. Refreshingly original, perfectly paced, and wonderfully sweet. I'd give it perfectly paced. I, honestly, I think the pace I, was solid. I'd say all ish. three of those are kind of accurate. Yeah. It is original-ish. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's, it's wonderfully sweet. Uh, not wonderfully, of, but it's it, there's some sweet there, stuff. There's too many jo jokes at the expense. Yeah. Like, the you know, lady who kind of is like a man and, you know, anyway, whatever. Uh, and then Philip Martin of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette wrote, or gave it a C, and it's considered a negative review. One mediocre Valentine's Day gift with all the panache of a grocery store chocolate. Damn. That's a, that's actually, that's a very clever, appropriate review. 
Agreed, especially because it came out on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's a I, I, I dig it. That's wow. a good review. I, it's harsh. Yeah. It, I mean, quite frankly, it's not terribly wrong though. No. I liked. I don't know that it really gives the right right depiction of it. It's it's not. I don't know. It's really like we've already touched on the jokes. Really bring it down. The, like cheap humor brings it down. I would say it's more Dollar Tree chocolate <laughs> in that it's like when you go to the Dollar Tree and like it's around Valentine's Day. So like all these like candies are put like you get like these heart boxes and like there's all this like special packaging for a dollar that you could just buy. So you buy all these like chocolates for a dollar and like heart shaped boxes and everything else. Then when you eat the chocolate, the chocolate's legit like, oh, this isn't like Hershey's. This isn't, this, this is, this is, this is stale, it's second wax. grade, or like second rate chocolate. Yeah. Like this is, yeah. this, is, this is not great, but it's in a box and there's a fair amount of it. And for like $5, I can buy a shit ton of it, but this isn't great. And that's this movie. There's, <laughs> <laughs> this movie's in a fresh package in Hawaii and it's got Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore and it's not, it's this, and it's basically an idea that's not necessarily approached by people, but then you watch it and it's just like, Oh no, this is just bad jokes and Let's, romance. That's meh. Can we just be done with Adam Sandler now with I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't like, we did all the, we did all of his rom-coms, right? Like the, well, the Mainstream ones, I mean, the basically the two big ones. Yeah, I mean okay. we've only we've only done the wedding singer in this. That's all I fucking need. <laughs> the wedding singer was actually pretty good, and yeah, because also, he actually love... tried to be a cute guy about it. Like he had flashes of that guy in this movie too, and yes, he played a character. He wasn't just like cracking jokes, and then like he was himself in this film. That's they yes. just happened to give himself another name. Well, he like he was himself in like, but what he would hope for himself, like kind of the his best self in yeah. this film. Uh, first off, yeah, how are we supposed to fucking believe him as a uh, playboy? Get yes, the fuck out of here. here. Let's start right there. In the first minute, this fucking film lies to us. With all of these females talking about how great of a trip they had going to Hawaii and having really great sex with Adam fucking Sandler, who was like wearing these ugly ass shades and baggy shorts, talking about being a spy to his latest conquest was about to leave the island. Like, fuck out of here. Was just, ever thinking that this guy is like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the women decide that they're gonna choose not like some sun-kissed surfer dude who's got a six-pack, <laughs> or even some like local Polynesian like Hulk. <laughs> they're gonna choose walking, this fucking, talking Alp. They're gonna choose Adam Sandler. This fucking normal ass white dude 
who likes to crack jokes from time to time. <laughs> like, there's no way. There's no way. He's not. No. He he reminds me of a wet sock. Oh, God. Like, he just, it's just a wet sock. It's like, it's still going to be functional, but it's the worst feeling in the world still. And it doesn't matter <laughs> how long you wait. It's going to stay wet. Now, I also like to give the benefit of the doubt because, like, I, I think putting people in a box and saying there's no way that they can attract people and everything. You can't control who you're attracted to. And I just feel I feel like everyone is attracted to someone no matter what, no matter what they look like or anything else. Everyone's attracted to someone. True. Uh, and I mean, and they play it for jokes, too. Because like they're one of the ladies, of course, that's talking of course, about him yeah. Is because one, it's a fucking Adam Sandler movie, so everything can be played for a joke. Right. But two, uh, one of a, one of the ladies talking is like a lady who looks like she's in her fifties or sixties with like graying hair who talks about his hairy balls. Um, so, oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, it, immediate, it, immediate. Uh, Ten seconds in, and we're at a testicle joke. Like. Yeah, and yeah, and by the way dick jokes and ball jokes if you turn that into a drinking game with this film you basically get alcohol poisoning 45 minutes in uh, you get what his date like, with the uh, fishbowl would have gotten yeah with the, <laughs> with the fishbowl drinking lady but there's no alcohol in it which that was another thing you and i were discussing is it as bad like or is it along the same lines if you're giving someone a drink under the I, the guise of a placebo effect so that they're still cognizant of having or choosing to have sex with you. Is that as bad as if you were date raping someone Bill Cosby style, making him go to sleep? Uh, no, there is no discussion here. There's no way that's as bad. I, I agree that it's not as bad but I, I think it's not as far off as, as one would think. I'd say it's I very think, different from date rape, yes. <laughs> I think it's still a form of date rape. Uh, no, if you're the dumbass who can't tell what the difference is between you sober and you drunk, that's on you. No no dipshit with smooth-ass lines and a, and a alcoholist cocktail is going to do that for you. Well, can't you make the same argument that if you can't taste the difference between a, a drink with a Mickey in it and a drink without a Mickey in it, then that's on you. No, because those legitimately are the same thing. Like You like, can't taste those. But at the same time, like you can't also with those but with drinks, like you can't necessarily you don't know what a drink like mixed at this place is because this is the first time they're having drinks there. Drinks can taste different. Drinks don't necessarily have to. Yeah. And if I take a fucking, if I take a sip of that drink and I, the first fucking sip, I'm going, Hmm, this doesn't taste like it has alcohol in it at all. I'm not sitting there going, Oh, delicious. This is fantastic. I'm going to keep drinking the whole thing and chug it. And then be like, I think I feel a little drunk. Do you? Because you don't know what drunk is then. There's no way I'm not judging the drink the moment it gets put down in front of me. I'm like, yes, there's not enough alcohol in here. 
There is no alcohol in here. I know. See, I think you have a lot more confidence in your taste than than basically what it would actually be. I feel like if there I mean, if there's some sort of contest where we were like, here, taste this drink and taste this drink, and then, you know, tell me which one has the alcohol in it, like we could make it to where it would be real tough for you to figure it out. I mean, I'm sure you could, but I'd immediately be questioning and, it if I was out at a bar. You know, like, and either way, if I if I'm having someone bring you drinks, and you're the guys that you're drinking something with alcohol, but you're not drinking alcohol, so that you can consent to sex later, and but you don't know that, that's a little date raping. Well, yeah, I'd say the motivation from the dude's perspective is still shitty. Yes, if that's if you're still gunning for that end game, then yes. You're, you're, and that's the whole thing. That's his whole plan. He he admits it to this lady and he doesn't go through with it. But I mean, that he's been doing that to girls on the island because he tells this plan as if he's done it before because he has done it before. Yeah. Like that's ultra, like ultra fuckery there. Yeah. Like this bad. That's horrible. I mean, yeah, and this is the type of guy we're supposed to get behind and root for for the rest of this movie and magically assume that he's changed to help this person out because he fell in love with her in one day. Yeah, he magically fell in love with Lucy in one day. Sums up an an Adam Sandler movie. It's the most, like, it took him five minutes to write a script. That's, like, how much time they spent on this. I mean, he didn't even write the script. It was written by George Wing. Well, George Wayne took five minutes over some takeout to write this script. Like the storyline is unique and the the premise is unique. I think there's potential. Drew Barrymore has a great acting role, much better than Adam Sandler. Again, if Adam Sandler just played his fucking role, just been himself, we would have had a decent connection. But no, we got to throw on these weird ass gags and dick jokes and shit. No, that's the problem. He did play himself. He has to actually play a character and it has to be a well-written character. Like, Well, I mean, I mean yeah. I wouldn't, not like, I wouldn't necessarily say Robbie. Not like his full singer, self. Like, yeah. But like Robbie of the Wedding Singer is this 80s former rock band lead singer who's no longer a rock band lead singer who, you know, just wants to have a nice life in his like hometown. Which is why, and like it basically has to deal with all of you know everything that comes with like this love story that he ends up creating with Julia. Um, so like that one made that one was better than this one because now it's just like a, oh I'm a playboy who lives in Hawaii who takes care of walruses and like now I'm gonna go on dates with Drew Barrymore and <laughs> just. Like there was also no- also why did why was he a, a veterinarian for walruses? Like he literally could have had any job. It was a like mm-hmm. just like everything in this. It felt like everything was kind of like just pieced together. Like see, was- that's what I mean about they could have made this longer, and it wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, be- yeah. We could have found out about his parents. What's his relationship to his parents like? Why yeah. does he choose? You know, we could have found. 
like we have no backstory to him. Only that the he's only a thing... player. That's it. Yeah, we just know that he's a player who yeah. <laughs> like tricks women into having sex with him. Um, and when they visit Hawaii, uh, also who's visiting which women visiting Hawaii by themselves? What? Um, maybe for like destination weddings or something. I, uh, I guess, I guess like if you're a guest or a bridesmaid or, and uh, going bat- solo bachelorette party, uh, I mean, uh, that's, uh, that's a stretch. Yeah. Cause wouldn't but, you be with, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, and then on top of that, then we have Drew Barrymore as Lucy who, I mean, she's not give she. She does well enough with what she's given. I, I think. yeah, I think she did fine. I liked her. You know, I think she's she's you know cool and she's cute. and everything else. Yeah, she's nice. She's sweet. She's cute. Like all that sort of stuff. I you know the whole time though I'm watching it, I'm just like, stop humoring this monster of a man. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> just. Like if you're meeting it for the first time every time, then all everything in your and your soul should say no, <laughs> no, I don't want to talk to this man again. But talking to him for the first time, they really don't know each other. Like they they really don't. He doesn't even know her. Like, well, he he supposedly gets to know her through all of the times he stops her on the road on the way back from the cafe. Just, just no. To the point where she's pretty excited about the connection that she made with him because she's singing the song that was her dad and mom's song. Yeah, okay. And then he like shows up in her dreams. Yeah, the Beach Boys song. I love that song. I do love it's, that song. It's one of their best. I would Wouldn't still sing. It'd be nice if we were older. I love that song. God only knows it's still better. Shout out, love actually. That's a good song too, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also, if you want to listen to my soundtrack, God Only Knows is the first song on the Bromancing the Stone soundtrack of the two episodes that I did earlier this year. That's right. That's right. Those are Spotify exclusives, so you have to listen to it on Spotify only, but they're worth your time. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, I... but. See, the, I think that another reason why we like Lucy and why we like Drew Barrymore in this movie is because she actually has a character with a backstory that yeah. we find out. Like she yeah, has a dad. You start empathizing has, with the, the person. Yeah. And so it's just like, oh, okay. Like, I, I know who they are. Like, but, I mean, yeah. And then all the male characters, I mean, it's so... I would say her and her dad are the two characters I like. And then everyone else just sucks as a, as a human being, including yeah. Rob Schneider, including Sean Astin. Rob Schneider, I'm sorry, pretty much always sucks. He's he's the worst. It, like, as an actor, as a human being, as everything, he's the worst. Just fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> and just... That's the that's the official stance for Bromance of the Stone podcast. Fuck Rob Schneider. Uh, anyway, we'll move on from him. So, Apparently, he's a Giants <laughs> fan though, so at least he's got that going for him. But 
That's about it. The official stance of the podcast. Fuck Rob Schneider. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's he's annoying. Um, Yeah. uh, The dad... I don't... What do you think of his decision on how to initially deal with her short-term memory loss? The having the newspapers painting the repainting the garage every time. I think it's a lot of fucking work. Yeah. I You're devoting I a lot that, of your day every day to it too. Yeah. That's one thing I will give credit to the character of Henry. It was Henry, right? It wasn't Harry, it was Henry. Henry. I because like the Harry Balls thing gets yeah it threw me off. So I think of Harry or Henry. Yeah, but Henry. That's one thing I will give credit to Henry is that he brings an outside set of eyes and a fresh voice on how to proceed in telling Lucy, or like in how to, you know, let news let Lucy know about things. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, because there's this whole. You know, oh, there's a bad day. They have a like. It's like they have procedures for like if it's a good day, if it's normal. You know, they just deal with it because they love her. Right, um, right. I'm talking about Doug and the dad. Um, but if they, you know, if it's a bad day, they have a whole set of procedures that they go through in order to deal with it and everything else. Like right, that. right. And then Henry kind of brings a new set of fresh eyes. Like that first set. Like that's one thing I will give this movie is that I feel like the plans to help Lucy through this seem very realistic in this, yeah. in this unrealistic situation. Well, that's where some of the uniqueness of the movie does come from where like, not mm-hmm. only is the storyline or the premise kind of unique, but then they actually follow it up by like <laughs> now both of our phones have gone off. And, uh, well, that's, that's my alarm to stand up and stretch. I set an alarm to oh, get nice. up out of my chair so I could like stretch my legs, get some blood flowing and everything else like that. By all means, um, you can do it. Let's go. Let's see it. <laughs> Let's see it. Go ahead and continue talking. Well, I that's that's where some of the uniqueness way. comes from. Like they they are actually able to create this weird fucking dynamic that would never exist anywhere. Well, I mean, maybe I guess it could theoretically, but like realistically, no one that is watching this movie has gone through something like this. And they're able to put it into some real context where the guy is legitimately trying through real world scenarios to like make this shit work. So it's it. That's where some of the cuteness comes from too. It's like, Oh, he's really trying. And, like it's it's sweet and okay i get i get that that's nice and then boom penis joke <laughs> yeah <clears throat> that was a stretch. Uh, felt good felt good um getting getting blood into the legs from sitting in this chair for a while it looked good so. you got up out of the chair powerfully um look good <laughs> right with the you heard my grunt and everything um, <laughs> um i 
that first see the first things that he does like with the videotape and the cake having the pineapples all that sort of stuff i feel like that is the plan of a guy who doesn't know what to do yeah and that's just the first idea that he could come up with and like that just feels like well, it the is. whole the whole elaborate plan of someone who is learning every day how to make this as easy as possible for someone he loves. And it's also the path of least resistance. And in therapy, you know, the word associated to it is avoidance. <laughs> and so there's a short term benefit to everything they're doing. But the fact of the matter is, it's still quite the burden mm. on this family. Yeah, yeah. And the and there's a long-term benefit if you face it. And so then they face it when Henry provides this video idea. Now they're facing the problem, and now there's a greater benefit, right. which allows Henry and Lucy to fall in love every day. And it also takes the burden off of the family. Right. See how that so, works? See how that yeah. works when we don't avoid shit? Yeah, when we fight through the issues, you know, there's there's some, you know. It's we talk about them, we brainstorm, we develop a plan, and we put it into action. Boom. Shit gets better. Exactly. And so that was something I thought was actually done okay in this film. Yeah, I agree. There, there wasn't a lot. But that was one thing I thought that was done well. It was um, it was the one aspect of this potentially very unhealthy situation that was actually pretty healthy mentally. And I think what happens after ever after is I think they do stay together, but it becomes a lot easier to make those films because now you can do it on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now it's just it's a literally a matter of, hey, uh, so here's how you use an iPhone. <laughs> like literally have a set of instructions on yeah. how to use this iPhone. Cause she's going to wake up like the fuck is this thing? And then she's going to be like, Oh my God. She's stuck in, this? what was it? 20, 2002 technology. She's technically stuck in October of 2002. My God. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's going to be looking at her iPhone. Just like, what's this? I could take videos and, you know, camera, th like what? That and, lucky but, son of a bitch gets to use a razor for the rest of her life. <laughs> I still want my razor phone. You know, the one, the one thing though, is that her dad's still around and like they end it while uh, they're at the icebergs and everything else like that. That's going to be an interesting conversation though, when the dad's gone. And when climate change sets in. That too. <laughs> well, I mean, she'll be gone by then. Her daughter will have to deal with it. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. So that's her daughter's issue. And her daughter still has her short term memory. So, you know, <laughs> nothing to worry about. She's well aware of everything. Um, but yeah, that's what happens after her after is that it becomes easier to let her know what's going on. And there's going to be shit to talk about. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Imagine the fucking video today. Like, morning, Lucy. There's a pandemic. Don't go outside. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Every oh, day of 2020. Yeah. Your dad's dead. Uh, he said he didn't want the vaccine. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, my God. I feel so horrible. Uh, Oh, it's so real. That's a horrible joke, and I feel bad, and I feel terrible. But whatever, it's a fictional character. Um, Go get your fucking vaccines, people. Please, please, um, please. So, <laughs> nonetheless, but actually, it might be. What? It's almost time for my booster, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you think is the kiss of the film? Um, I don't know. There's plenty of them. Yeah, we... there's nothing like a first kiss. Nothing like a first kiss. Yeah, there is. There's the second kiss when you're a little more confident in each other's lips now and um, comfortable with the broken touch barrier. And you go full fucking kiss. Or there's the third kiss when you guys start working the hands into the action, you know? Like, yeah, every kiss from then on out is going to be pretty damn special. Jesus. I don't know. What do we got? What do we got? We got the first kiss when we can't even see them kiss because we're blocked by Adam Sandler's shoulder. they're on the beach and it's dark. And his shoulder is literally blocking the shot. I... I'll be honest. I was playing a video game on my phone through most of this film, so I, I can't. <laughs> I was playing a computer game. Yeah. <laughs> I give them all a D. I give them all a D. I'd give yeah. I'd give them a D. I'd give them a D. There were some. They had D. some decent making out. Like it was not bad. It's still yeah, Adam like, Sandler, which makes me uncomfortable. That's on me. But. Uh, but. I mean, like they made, just, and, like I could see that there was some effort in like the locations that they were choosing for these yeah, kisses, yeah, and everything else like that. But they just cheapened it with how many kisses and like, and, and that they were they were going for like the big like oh look at Hawaii and how beautiful it is and how romantic these kisses and all the romantic kisses they're having in their romance that's budding every day, and it's just they didn't play it off like. There's no emotion behind that. Like, no, 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 not at all. No. You know? So, yeah. What what anyway. little like uh, romantic chemistry and dynamic we get from these two is just through the fact that he's being sweet. He's caring about her. She's being sweet by, you know, writing him down in in the journal and talking about the you know the way she talks about having him in in her dreams and. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, they're being very sweet to each other. But that's pretty much the extent of the dynamic the whole time. Even in the kisses. Yeah. The kisses lack any sort of substance. This is not the Italian's kiss. <laughs> From Leap Year. From Leap Year. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to bring up about the moment before we talk about the verdict? Oh, uh, God. Was there even anything else? Um, you know, usually I, I probably would if you asked me this question. But this time, I guess yeah. we didn't talk about how they would have dealt with their pregnancy, but I think that we kind of no, touched it no, with we don't what happens that. after or after, which is like they 
I'm sure they had a videotape like, hey, yeah. uh, I'm your husband. We've had sex. You have a kid in your belly. You're all right. <laughs> this I'm is sure me. That was probably- this is me. Yeah. I've been inside you. Um, <laughs> that girl out there happened. That's your daughter yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, I'm sure that would be that would be real interesting toward the end, like the third trimester when you're probably like, don't bring your blood pressure up, or else you're probably gonna your water's gonna break prematurely. Like I said, what the fuck? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just imagine like waking up in the middle of the night to like your first you know labor pain or something. You know, <laughs> God. You like the movie Alien. Yes. Like you wake up, you have no yeah. recollection. No. Fuck it out. Get it out. Get it out. God damn. I remember one time I was with my cousin and like he, he randomly rented a film and I like I had no choice in the matter. So then I'm just like sitting on the couch like, what film did you? I don't even know what you rented. He's like, oh, I, like Alien. Okay. And then, uh, I think it was Aliens. It was the one, I don't yeah. know. But, like, the There's one like where, like, five million of them, military so. dude had sex with a girl, and then the girl all of a sudden was, like, pregnant with an alien, and the alien just pops out her fucking stomach. Yeah, it was, like, it, it, yeah, and it was just, like, that's how they were, like, pr- like so you, recreate, procreating and getting through, like, humans and everything. You, like, you, you watched Hentai. This is Hentai. This is a, <laughs> no. This was a fucking early nineties, early to mid nineties, like horror slash action. The fucking nineties. How did we get away with this shit? Uh, lots and lots of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, remnants of cocaine from the eighties. Yep. Um. So yeah, let's go to the verdict. I kill it. I'm killing this film. I. It it's artificial. It, it's just. Like it's That's as artificial as the spam, it. It, as the spam and spam and eggs. So, and as some people like spam and eggs, good for you. I would rather not. So, I also you know. do not like spam and eggs, and I would also kill this movie. There you go. So, uh, you can find our socials uh, on Instagram at bromancing the stone podcast, all one word together there, bromancing the stone podcast. Uh, you can also find our Twitter at bro, the stone pod. That's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. You can find me on Twitter at supermarket sweep without the E in super. So S U P R market sweep. And you can find me on Instagram at relusa 88. And that's R E L U S A eight, eight. And then max, on Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T H E period L Y O N H E A R T E D. Bang bang boom, um, and uh, it's my choice next week. Turn this ship and... around. Turn this fucking ship around. <laughs> I did last week with Chasing I know. Liberty. I know. I need you to come up clutch again. <laughs> uh, we're going back to Europe, and this is a film that. It doesn't really have anything to do with this time of year, but the time of year that this event happens, we're in the midst of wedding season because wedding season's in July for us with this podcast. So we're going to watch the movie Wimbledon, a tennis tournament that happens in July every year. Well, end of June slash July every year. Um, 
One more and summer so, fling, huh? Yeah, so we're going to go back to that. Um, I mean, yeah, so I, I just, we don't need to necessarily be calendar accurate no. with this film. Um, but I saw it when it was out in theaters and, uh, yeah, and it was well received by my family. Um, and I'm interested to watch it now as an adult. Nice. It came out in that early 2000s range, which these films, the last two films that we've seen have come out as well. So, yeah, I already uh, started yeah. looking ahead to like, I want to choose another like more modern one, but then I was like, no, I can't. Modern. The, modern. The um, so, cool. So everyone get your tennis rackets, you know, get your, Finest white linens because you cannot play on the all grass courts in Wimbledon without your fi- without being in all white. How the and, fuck uh, do they have an all grass court that you don't slip on? Uh, they cut the grass real short, so you're basically playing on like almost dirt. It's literally like the grass is like that thin. I'd still slip. I I would find a way to break my lanky ass limbs over that shit. Yeah, you would. Anyway, <laughs> for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all, and we will catch you next week. Love you guys.